This is episode number 73 with Jordan Harbinger. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, greats? Thanks so much for tuning in today on the School of Greatness podcast. My name is Lewis Howes. I'm your host. If you're joining me for the first time, thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate you for checking out the show. And if you've been listening for all 73 episodes, then I thank you as well. I'm super pumped to introduce to you Jordan Harbinger, who's got an amazing podcast called The Art of Charm. And his business is called The Art of Charm as well. And what The Art of Charm is, it's uh, it's an educational business and relationship platform to support you on social dynamics and understanding psychology in order to win more friends, uh, earn the respect of your peers. And you, they usually work with a lot of men to teach them how to get the girl of their dreams. Now, in this episode, we really talk about how to translate these social dynamics into business and into relationships for both men and women. So for the ladies that are listening, don't be turned off because all this can be translated for you as well. But Jordan goes into a lot of different things about how to build confidence. And we talk about if confidence is something you're born with or something that can be learned skill. Talk about some really interesting and unique exercises for changing your beliefs about yourself and that internal conversation that we have sometimes that holds us back from our own greatness. So he talks about a few really key exercises that I'm excited about to practice and learn because I think it's going to support me and taking me to the next level as well. So I'm very excited about that. And then we just go into some other great uh, stories and examples about how to become the best version of ourselves and really applying the right habits to increasing these skills in our daily lives with relationships and in business. So make sure to listen to the entire show. Jordan's a really smart, funny guy. I think you're gonna love this. So without further ado, let's jump into this class and these lessons with the one and only Jordan Harbinger. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. 
Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, your host, and I'm here with a friend of mine, Jordan Harbinger. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm super pumped. We've been friends for about a year and a half, maybe two years now, actually, since I moved to L.A., and our mutual friend, uh, Caleb Bacon, introduced us, and we actually had dinner at some, you know, schwanky little spot in West Hollywood one night, and I was like, you know what, this guy's all right. So here we are a couple years later, been hanging out for a while, helping each other in business, you know, talking about different things, and uh, I've been on your show, you've got The Art of Charm, and it's all about where ordinary guys become extraordinary men, and... I like that. So you've got a really clean site and you teach basically men what you teach the art of charm. And then you talk about what the art of charm is. You say, we'll teach you how to leverage the power of social dynamics and psychology to win more friends, earn the respect of your peers right. and get the girl of your dreams. And to me, it kind of sounds like, you know, how to win friends and influence people, the book, but how to learn it and actually be it, not just intellectually know it yeah that's i love that in fact i, I might have to steal that it's so true because <laughs> i i love that book and that's one of the things that i started out with right is how to win friends and influence people when i read that you know 10 years ago and i was like this is really cool this is this guy's onto something maybe i should work with this guy and then i found out he died like you know 50 years ago. <laughs> right 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 so so because that book is from like 1936 or 38 or something like that it's I mean, crazy it's world war ii but the book the principles held up, and then I went, okay, I need to learn how to apply all this stuff. And then I found out somehow, there, of course, there are Dale Carnegie courses, but they teach you things like, and not to, not to dump on those guys, they're great, but they teach you things like, look him in the eye and be like, hi, my name is Jordan Harbinger. Nice <laughs> to meet you. And I'm like, that's all fine and dandy, but what happens when you're doing all that stuff and people still think that you're a close talker or you have really bad body language that comes across as insecure or you have or a creepy quirk. yeah you're creepy you have awkward eye contact there's a million things not genuine that can go wrong yeah. yeah yeah disingenuous behaviors of any kind there's a million things that can go wrong in romantic dating business social situations and no one's going to be like hey lewis i like you but you're a close talker i mean i would have to be really good friends with you before i would be comfortable <laughs> sure. saying that and sure. nobody's going to do that otherwise so you're missing out on business and opportunities because yeah somebody thinks that you're awkward or somebody thinks that you're goofy or somebody thinks that you talk too close or you have bad breath or you know a million combination skills or lack of skills when it comes to nonverbal communication can literally be the difference between somebody who's crushing it in business because of the relationships that they make and somebody who just can't get things off the ground yeah and you know for me the key to success really in anything whether it's relationships or business or whatever, is understanding people and being able to communicate effectively, but also having the, uh, the social dynamics and understanding psychology behind listening skills, behind speaking, behind body language. All of that comes into communication when you have to understand people. And that's really the key to being successful in anything. And what I like is that you guys teach this. You guys do workshops. You do you know three-day type of retreats where people dive in and learn these skills because we're not born with these skills necessarily. We don't just have these skills. And there's a lot of – you mostly work with men, but 
you know, we don't all just develop this on our own. It's something that really needs to be developed by practicing it, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it, it definitely is a learned skill, and a lot of people don't really believe that. I remember when I first started The Art of Charm with our team here, some of the critiques we were getting or criticism we were getting was really bizarre to us because it, it made no sense because we had learned confidence, we had learned relationship development, we had learned nonverbal communication, and then you'd get some guy who's like 30, 35, you know, we were in our late 20s at that time, and we would get some guys like 35 and he'd go, nah, you're either born with that or, or you're not. And it's like, wait, what? That's the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's not like being tall. It's like, <laughs> it's not like having blue eyes, but people really thought that was the case. And it's kind of like you see an athlete and you go, oh yeah, well, you know, that I, it took me years to realize that that was an excuse process and a bad mindset that people have. It'd be like looking at you as an athlete and going, yeah, well, you know, he was born with really good hand-eye coordination and with low body fat and really fast. There's some element of that, but at the end of the day, you practice every day, right? right. Al yeah. Almost every day. And you eat right. You know, you don't, you don't just walk onto the handball court and go, hey, guys, um, I kind of want to be a professional handball player. Is that cool? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure, yeah, bro, exactly. you look tall. I mean, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, people it's will, a journey for sure. It is, and people will do that with with dating skills or with confidence in general or with relationship building. They're like, oh, well, he has the gift of gab. And I'm thinking to myself, mm. I didn't say two words in pretty much all of middle school unless I was called on by the teacher. And then fast forward to now, I can't shut up and I get paid to talk, right? This is a practice <laughs> and learn skill set. Nobody thought I was a funny, charismatic guy in college. Right. Nobody. Nobody thought I was that way in high school. And in law school, I, you know, I sort of grew over time and, and actually faced a lot of resistance because of it, where people were like, hey, what happened to you? First year, you were all quiet, you know, shy guy in the corner, and now you're a loudmouth. What's up with that? And, you know, some people thought it was great. They're like, you're coming out of your shell. And other people were like, look at this guy. He doesn't know his place. You know, you're supposed mm. to shut up and be quiet like you always did. You know, and I, I wasn't naturally like that. So what we do is we teach this in a systematic, and this and emotional intelligence really are the sure. keys. And we teach emotional intelligence in a way that's a system that's systematic that anyone can learn and master. So you'll get a guy who's an engineer or something like that, or a software guy who's in a cubicle a lot, and he's like, "I'm I'm stuck in this hole all day. I don't have this skill set." And then we'll also get guys like we had SEAL Team Six come in here. We had some Green Berets come in here, and they go, "You know, we're already they were awesome dudes, and they were they didn't." need this in order to like reproduce or date girls you know they were killing it but they're like there's a 0.1% chance we're going to need this and when we do it's going to be because it's a life or death situation and we mm. need to be able to deploy this skill set like ASAP expertly without fail right right so you know when we talk about confidence you know there's a lot of people confidence is a big key to getting what you want really and being confident and exuding confidence and, you know, that you said that example, that 37-year-old guy who was like, you either have this or you don't, you're either born with this or not. But is confidence a learned skill then? And if it's a learned skill, can you also lose confidence or unlearn it? Yeah, you, that's a great question. You totally can. In fact, there's a lot of guys listening right now who probably think, man, you know, in college I was the man or in high school I was the man or at my old job – I was the man, or when I had my family, and it's usually it's usually followed by a dramatic circumstance change. So say you had a lot of situational confidence 
in college or you were really the king of the hill when you lived in your town and you were in the cool band in town and you were also a bartender at the cool venue in town. <laughs> then you moved to the big city thinking you're going to take your show on the road and maybe, you know, your your family falls apart or you, God forbid, right? Or you lose your job or your band stops doing what it's doing. You might become much less confident. And a lot of guys come through because they're divorced and they're like, you know, I don't know where to start. I don't have confidence in this area because everybody has situational confidence. And by definition, that's only in certain situations. So that might be like you on the handball court playing arena football. You, you're out there crushing it. And then maybe when you started speaking, and this might be a bad example because this might not be the case, but humor me. When you started public speaking, you might have been like, whoa, this is kind of terrifying. I don't mm. really know what I'm doing here. Yeah, and no, that's true. It's true, right? <laughs> that was and, true. Yeah. And, and so, the, and that's normal because for me, I can go up on a stage and speak to hundreds of people and so can you. But if somebody was like, all right, there's a crowd watching you play a sport, I'd be like, I just want to, I just want to go home and cry right now. <laughs> I, I do not want yeah. to play a sport in front of other people. I don't even like playing sports in front of myself, <laughs> let alone with like tons of people watching and women everywhere. You know, it's sure, just not my sure. thing. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that at all. And that, that the thought of that is, is mortifying. So like there's tons of people out there that, that have situational confidence. They're a college professor and they go up there and they're just killing it and they get hired into a, a great corporation and they're really killing it. And then there's a company softball game and they're like, whoa, this is my worst nightmare. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. I, the, the, the boss at the law firm, he might have to put on the softball glove and then the interns are running circles around him, sometimes <laughs> literally. And it's the worst thing. It's his worst day of his life. Right, you right. Know, he just wants to sit down and drink wine. <laughs> so how does someone first, you know, for me to get, kind of follow up with that example, I, I did want to become a great public speaker and I was terrified to get in front of anyone after I was done playing football. And I said to myself, the only way to get uh, to overcome this is to go through it by practicing every week. So I joined a Toastmasters organization in Columbus and I went and practiced standing in front of a small room of about 20 people each and every week. And sometimes I presented and sometimes I just answered a couple questions, but I went through it as opposed to just thinking that I was going to be able to magically be good on stage without practicing it. So how does someone become more confident or increase their confidence level initially? And then how does someone do that when it's a new situation as well? Sure. So confidence, essentially, it comes down to this. Your beliefs influence your actions, which influence your results. And that's one of the key principles at The Art of Charm is so your mindsets influence what your body does and what you say and do, which influence your outcomes, right? So we know that a lot of, for example, like pickup artist guys and weird guys like that that really are not doing what we're doing but are sort of trying to mimic those results, they do stuff like, oh, okay, you need to wear this goofy hat and you need to say this cool thing and look this way because it seems cool, but they don't bother attacking the mindsets that are toxic, right? Mm. The bad stuff that's causing them to be not confident in the first place or the ideas that they have that are causing their lives to be where they are, right? And that's a, that's a problem because people who are really perceptive, and women are much more perceptive than men, generally speaking, they can see through that stuff in a New York minute. So if you don't have, <laughs> if you don't have the proper mindset, you're in trouble. And the same thing happens in sports, for example, I would imagine, where if you don't have that sort of killer, like third quarter, fourth quarter instinct where you're like, all right, I'm, I'm tired, they're tired, 
I'm a competitive son of a bitch, but I want to, and so I want to win this. So I'm going to dig deep and get it. You know, discipline only matters when you need it. It doesn't matter in the beginning of the game mm-hmm. where you're like all you're fresh. hydrated and fresh, yeah. right? It matters in the fourth quarter when you just want to go home. Yep. And you're tied up or whatever. And so that's the way. So how does someone change their mindset then to, you know, is, if the mindset's at the root of the confidence, increasing your confidence, what are the things that we should be thinking first before we start doing something? So as we know, changing our thinking and changing our habits is a huge pain in the butt, right? It's not easy. It's really difficult. And the only thing that can really change mindsets is looking at evidence that your belief is not true if it's not serving you. So, Mm. for example, feedback, feedback, positive feedback and or negative feedback if we're trying to get rid of something else. So, for example, if you are a guy and you're you're short, a problem that you don't have, Lewis, if you're a guy and you're short (laughs) and you... Go, and you walk around and, you know, women aren't, certain girls don't like you. You might have a story in your head that says, women don't like me because I'm too short. And then maybe you go on a business trip to Japan, right? Just randomly. And all of these girls are like, oh my God, you're so tall and handsome. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily keep that belief system right? That you're too short. Of course, now you're probably like into Asian girls because they're shorter than you or whatever. We'll take that aside. This is just an example. Get your mind out of the gutter. Um, But you know, you'll take that example and you go, oh, okay. And then suddenly you might come back. Say you're in Japan for a year. You're stationed over there. Now you come back to the United States. You don't, you're not thinking I'm too short. You're thinking women love me. This is great. I don't have this problem. Same thing. If you go to a sport, maybe if you went to go play basketball in Asia, you would, you, even though you're not necessarily a basketball pro, you would probably crush it with you know a lot of the guys around you because you'd be tall and athletic already. So you'd come back to the U.S. if you'd never been here before and essentially thinking, I'm really good at basketball. On an objective scale, mm-hmm. I'm really good at this sport. Right. And, and that's a thing that, that takes a long time to format that behavior. So how do we get that positive feedback? Well, we change a little bit of our physiology. We change our actions, of course, to try to influence our mindsets. And it can be really difficult. But that's essentially what we do at the Art of Charm. We have our, our live programs where guys come in and learn this stuff. And I'll give you guys a couple of, of drills right now um, if you're interested to yeah. sort of go over some of the, the ways that we help change confident mindsets. And these are very simple. And our, our podcast, essentially, The Art of Charm, is every week we're doing like a ton of these things. So, for example, a lot of guys have bad posture. And a lot of women have bad posture. And one of the ways that you read other people is by looking at their nonverbal communication. Mm. In fact, we know, and I'm sure you've heard this before, that nonverbal communication is the vast, it's like 70 plus percent or 80 plus percent of whatever communication. And that study is dubious, but you know from (laughs) your own experience and from the science that nonverbal communication speaks much, much more loudly than words and actions are always louder than words. And we also know that people from science, again, that people trust what they see versus what they hear. Your body has a difficult time lying. So, and you've met guys that walk around going, oh, I'm so great. I'm so rich. My business is so great. But something in their body language, something you say, "Mm, this guy's not passing the sniff test. I don't want to do a deal (laughs) with this guy. Right. Right. And you're usually, you're looking at something that has to do with his nonverbal behavior. And this is like the Malcolm Gladwell blink, you know, looking at something, not knowing what it is, but having your quote unquote gut tell you, tell you otherwise. And so we know that our body language affects our communication no matter what. And we know this happens in relationships and that your body language is a reflection 
of your internal state. So your mindset is always communicated through your body language, mm. whether or not you're an amazing actor and you think you're faking it. Somebody who's watching what's important can easily they tell. They can read the cues anyways, yeah. They, they can read the cues. And so we spend a lot of time at AOC teaching people how to read cues as well as teaching people how to transmit the right communication. And the only way to really nail body language is to have proper... Key, uh, proper mindsets because you can't be thinking stand up straight look people in the eye smile move slowly reach out and shake hands with people and you just stand have your weight evenly distributed on both of your balls of your feet i mean you can't think about that stuff because you'd be in you'd be such a weirdo in conversation because you'd be in your head the whole time right and you'd be totally ungrounded to use a little bit of a woo-woo term um which with which you might be familiar <laughs> sure so if we have our mindsets in place and we are naturally confident, and if you don't believe me, think about a time when you're naturally confident, you stand around looking good, you're upright, you're smiling, you're relaxed, you're open, your, your weight is quote-unquote evenly, all these little things that body language experts will tell you are signs of confident body language, they just happen. You're not, so what we need to do is focus on changing those, right? And so one of the drills that we do to get people into great posture, which is just one sort of element or channel of body language is we say, all right, listen, you know, a lot of people hunch over, especially us guys that sit all day, yep. we hunch over a ton. So if you're at your desk right now coding away on a computer or programming or doing anything that requires a computer, which is like 99% of us most of the time, hmm. you probably one of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there 
too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It way too much. And so if you're standing upright, you know that you're con you're displaying confident body language. If you're smiling, that's confident. If you're open, you know, facing somebody with open body language, that's very confident. Now, how do we keep doing that? We need to build a habit. Well, the best way to build a habit, and this is just a beginner's drill again, and if you guys need more explanation of this, we talk about it on our show ad nauseum <laughs> for many people. <laughs> um, uh, you know, every time you walk through a doorway, straighten up, chin up, and smile. Just like, just like you have a light on your chest that you're going to shine on other people in the room. You don't have to exaggerate it. You know, you're not, you're not Iron Man. Um, but <laughs> you, you, can, you can shine that light on people in the room and do it every time you walk through a doorway. Wow. So this is a tough habit to build, but think about it. How many times during the day are you walking through a doorway? Like a million constantly. times a day. Yeah. And so if you're doing that constantly throughout the day, then you're constantly changing your physiology to something confident and positive. Wow. And not only that, think about when you make your first impression. It's usually when people first see you, not when you first see them, right? Sure. And when you're and walking when through the door. When, yeah. Right. When you're walking through the door. So if you're straightening up and you're smiling every time you walk through a door, you're changing your own physiology, which helps change your mindset. Because we know that the mind follows the body and the body follows the mind. We've, we've already established that uh, with that. Now, if you're doing that every time you walk in the door, not only are you changing those physiology, that physiology and those mindsets, you're also making a kick-butt first impression on pretty much everybody that sees you, which is money, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably a million better adjectives than money, but it's great. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's baller. Exactly. It's greatness exactly. embodied. Exactly. So let's repeat that again one more time. So when you walk through, anytime you walk through a door, straighten, put a smile on your face. I would say a genuine smile. Then, yes. Then, yeah. what'd you say? Straighten your shoulders. Yeah, sh shoulders back. The easiest way to do it is, and this isn't something I invented with this the string here, but string pulling your head up, string pulling you back down. You might even, if you have a trouble visualizing that straight line, just a string pulling your head up, and that's sort of a Zen meditation yoga thing, I think. Mm -hmm. And and if you if you imagine that string pulling your head up, your back's going to straighten out, your chin's going to be at the right level, and then the the genuine smile, you know, that can be a, uh, something that a lot of people in and of themselves need to work on because some people go here eh, and there's a weird plastic <laughs> smile happening and it's awkward, you know. But if you think the people in this room might be my next business contact, my next. Uh, life partner that I spend the rest of my life with. There might be some cute uh, kids or beautiful flowers. I mean, anything you can appreciate, mm -hmm. you can put that on. It doesn't have to be this beaming, insane sure. Tony Robbins smile. Like you can have a real kind of calm, subdued, normal smile. You don't right. have to be like, bam, Billy Mays here, you know, for the <laughs> smile. <laughs> you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to do that. You can just be totally natural. And in fact, the more authentic you can be with this, the more powerful it is because people connect with the real you. And whenever there's anything disingenuous going on, it's awkward. And so a lot of people right now are going, but wait, you just told me to straighten up my body language and act confident. And I'm not, isn't that disingenuous? And, and here's the thing. It's, it's not because Everybody, I believe this, and maybe I'm just, you know, drink too much of the Kool-Aid here, but I believe that everybody, when they're with their friends and family and when they're just relaxed and calm and doing something they love and, and they're, they're not overly stressed by, by the day and by life, 
they're naturally confident and relaxed, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and if you think about it, anytime, if you're listening to this right now and your life is a ball of stress and anxiety, it's probably because of work, your boss, maybe your relationship isn't doing so well. Maybe all of those things are wrong, but I bet you could call your mom, brother, sister, someone in your family, a close friend, and you could go hang out, have a beer with them, and you'd be a totally different person, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and we want to be that person around everyone, wherever possible. Sure. If you're, because I remember when I was a kid, I was always such a ball of stress at school and I hated it. And I would skip and like stay home and program on my computer and stuff. And I was just like this giant geek. And I remember having a friend come over after school one day and I was so silly and goofy and just funny. And he goes, I've never seen, I've known this kid for years. I grew up with this guy. I, I grew up with this guy. You know, we never really hung out that much after school, just during school and at sports and stuff and with other people. And it was just me and him. And he goes, I've never seen you like this in my whole life. Why don't you bring this to school? You'd be the most popular guy there. You're hilarious. (laughs) And I didn't believe him, of course, because my mindsets were poor. But at the same time, I thought, wow, I feel so good and so light right now. But when I go to school, everything clenches up. And if we can release that by displaying and and that confidence and changing that mindset so that we're confident, not just in one situation where you're the drummer on stage in a band Mm. or you're playing arena football, but in any situation that you can, if you can display that everywhere and you can change your physiology and mindsets to get there, man, you are going to feel a million times better. And that in itself is attractive. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of business coaches and life coaches or coaches in general will say, um, and I know you've heard this, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, so you can't, one of my you, you can't just do it once and uh, expect to like have it pop up, like be confident like once every three days or something when you go to a <laughs> right. meeting. It's like if you're going to be dragging and lazy and insecure and have this like baggage most of the time, then that's probably going to ha- translate into when you want to be confident. You're not going to be able to step up into this confident being that you could be unless you're practicing it constantly. And of course, there's going to be ebbs and flows and moments where we're, you know, having a remorse or grief or having downtimes. But I think the more you practice, I like that, that drill of like going through a door and practicing being confident and expressing it in a genuine way. That's going to be automatic, like Jordan was saying. So I really like that exercise. You know, it's funny you should mention how you do anything is how you do everything and that a lot of people expect that they'll be able to do this. Because I remember 10 years ago when I started learning this stuff, I I remember thinking to myself, oh, you know, uh, when I see, like, this girl tomorrow that I have a crush on, I'm going to, like, walk up. And every guy knows what I'm talking about right now because we've always done this. Or, like, all right, you know, whenever I see the opportunity to get this kind of, like, business deal, I'm just going to walk up there and be like, hey, I've got the right thing for your business, you know, or, or whatever. And we never do that. When we see that, when that happens, we always make excuses. It's because we don't, and I heard this from the Green Berets and, and Army Special Forces, so I can't totally take cred here, but it's you never rise to the level of your expectations, but you always default to the level of your training. And mm. what that means is that's exactly that's what powerful. you were saying. It is powerful. It is. Because what that means is, you know, these guys might think, I don't want to shoot today. I don't want to work out today because I'm tired. But here's the thing. If you're getting shot at by Al-Qaeda in, uh, on the Arabian Peninsula or whatever, you don't go, all right, time to get into superhero army special forces mode. You are in extreme fight or flight survival lizard brain. And mm. the only thing 
that's working is the fact that you've shot 10,000 rounds in the past year and you could probably hit a target at 100 yards, you know, basically with mud in one eye and blood coming out of the other. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's a great visual. Yeah. I hope no one has that. But yeah. Yeah. If you have that, stop listening and go to the hospital right (laughs) now. Oh, man. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I want to ask you this question. Why do so many men, why are so many men afraid to go up and talk to a woman when they think, wow, that woman is really attractive. I would love to talk to that woman. How come basically 99% of the time, in general, most men won't go talk to that woman? You know what? It's, it's fear of rejection, and that doesn't surprise anyone, but I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. And because no, everybody goes, well, yeah, duh, thanks. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, we don't want to get rejected. But here's the thing. We don't really know why. Because... Women right now are listening and they're going, yeah, but we're not scary. I'm not going to reject you. I'm not going to throw a drink in your face unless you deserve it. I'm just going to be like, I have to go to the bathroom. What's the big deal? And, you know, women right now are also saying, how come the only guys that approach me are the gross ones that I don't like? And all the cool, normal guys who have their stuff together are, are like, are scared. I hate that. Why does that happen? The reason is because when when you're a thinker, when you're a smart guy, when we're in our heads a lot, And also when you are somebody who's maybe confident in many situations, but not necessarily with the opposite sex, which is the vast majority of men, it has to do with any kind of feedback. So you might get a guy who's really confident in every area of their life, but one time in third grade, he wrote a girl a note and was like, you're really pretty. And she told the whole class and he is scarred. And that trauma is ridiculously childish as that is made a dent somewhere in a mindset in a subconscious part of this guy's brain, and I'm telling a personal story right now, (laughs) that (laughs) made a dent in somewhere in this guy's brain that says, when you put yourself out there with women, there is an an extreme danger that this could happen to you again. And that's insane because in order for that to happen again, I'd have to walk up to a girl at a party, you know, at Lewis Howe's house, at your house, <laughs> and have her be like, can you believe it? This Jordan guy actually thinks I'm going to go out with him. What an idiot. What an idiot. Mm. That is never going to happen. Get out of here, Jordan Harbinger. And that's totally never going to happen. Even if it did, I wouldn't expect everybody, I think everybody would be appalled and she would be out on her butt. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, it, it's it's not a realistic fear, but it doesn't matter because – our emotions guide us when it comes to this. This is completely reptilian lizard brain stuff that happens. And so we have to spend a long time weeding out these mindsets that say, hey, women are scary. And that's why when you think back to your childhood, maybe you knew a kid that had an older sister and maybe he was super confident with girls because his sister had the girls over to her house all the time and he saw that they burp and fart like everybody else and they you know they swim in the pool and they talk about how insecure they are with boys and so he got a good view of all that stuff and realized oh they're really not that scary and pretty girls are just kind of like everybody else and maybe you got another guy who had a, who grew up with a sister and he's not confident because his sister and her friends treated him like crap Mm. And he thought, okay, 
well, girls don't like me, especially girls that are my sister's friends or look like my sister or remind me in any way of my sister or any of the friends that I saw <laughs> in the 20 years growing up with her because they were all mean to me when we were younger. Right. Now, as adults, as adults, they might all be madly in love with them, but it won't matter because that childhood mindset, that pattern was, was set right. and that fear was built. So how does someone, you know, whether it's getting rejected, a fear of getting rejected from a, a, a girl that they're interested in or a man that they're interested in or, uh, you know, a, they're getting rejected. No one's hiring them to find a job or every time they put themselves out there to pitch to get a new client, no one wants to work with them. How does someone overcome or shift out of like this mindset? Because, you know, let's say you're getting rejected a lot. That doesn't feel good to anyone. Right, that feedback, that feedback's not helping you. Yeah, right? it's like, oh, why do I want to keep putting myself out there if I'm never going to win? So what can someone do to like, you know, obviously it's, you probably got to, you go much more in detail in your trainings, but uh, just sort of some mindset things that people can do to, to shift out of it so that they're not like terrified to put themselves out there again. Sure. So one of the things that I had to do personally was we had a sales guy at the Art of Charm, and he just one day he just quit with no warning. This is years and years ago, and we were we, he quit when we called to wish him a happy birthday. Wow! Can you believe? Because we were like, hey, you know, you're working remotely, and we just called to wish you a happy birthday. And he goes, yeah, um, I'm. By the way, I meant to tell you guys a couple months back, I'm not really gonna be working after like next week or so. So, and we were, we were freaking out because we thought, oh my God, we just lost like our revenue generating wow. person. And this is not, we're like in, we're in launch phase. This is the worst, this is our worst nightmare. So I had to learn how to sell our programs, which was terrifying uh, because I was, I hated that idea that I would have to like ask for the sale and pitch and go develop relationships and things like that for the company. I thought that was you know, totally going to be someone else's job and I'd create this content and it'd be fun. And I had to learn. It was survival. And so I called thousands, tens, probably tens of thousands of people over the next few years and I heard no much more often than I heard yes. Because if I didn't, we'd be having this show on my jet if I'd heard yes all the time. <laughs> but, you know, we had tons of rejection and the thing that steeled me and, and not not stole, steeled, as t you know, as in the metal, steeled me to that was the idea that every 10 to 15 to 25 or whatever the number was back then, people that I would call who would be like, yeah, no thanks, they, there would be one that would be like, yeah, oh, awesome, this is amazing. I, I'm looking forward to this opportunity. This is going to be great. And they would come in and have an amazing time. Mm -hmm. And so I'd go, oh, I'm actually doing people a favor by persuading them to come to the Art of Charm because it's a life-changing experience. Sure. So that mindset, and this is what you need to think about your own products and services as an entrepreneur. You need to be thinking, man, if they don't do this, they're making a huge mistake, and I care about them enough not to let them make that mistake. Mm -hmm. And so if you believe in your products and services that much, you will still get rejected a ton. But when people reject you, you'll go, you know what, I feel bad that they don't understand how awesome this is going to be. Mm. And then you look at your own processes and you go, how am I not communicating this? It's fixable. It's not that they go, and, and that's the thing. I had to learn to, to take it not personally, not take it personally, because right. it's really easy to go, 
no thanks. I don't want to go to the Art of Charm because I don't I don't like red and black and those are your colors or whatever at the time, <laughs> right? And I could have gone, he doesn't like me. What a jerk. I don't like him either. Well, I hate my life, you know, or whatever that follows from that. I, I easily could have done that. But what I did is go, okay, I'm doing something not quite on point that needs to be tweaked in order to communicate this. It's like, you you know, if you write a sales letter, if you're a copywriter, you if it doesn't convert, you don't go, everyone on the internet hates me. You go, all right, I need to tweak stuff so that right. it converts better. Right, exactly. I like that. Well, Jordan, this has been uh, extremely helpful for me. And I know you have lots of great tips and strategies and exercises that people can follow over at theartofcharm.com and at the Art of Charm podcast, which is absolutely free. I recommend everyone check it out. You're running it two or three times a week right now. Yeah. And um, most of it is for, you know, enhancing the, the, the psychology and social dynamic skills for men. Wouldn't you say that's most of the episodes? Yeah. Yeah, we get we have tons, I mean thousands of female fans, but usually they're like, I'm applying some of it and I'm really enjoying the conversation about other stuff. And then there's a lot of entrepreneurial stuff and business stuff in there that women really dig. But I think, yeah, 98% of our audience is is dudes who are like, okay, great business stuff. Tell me how to meet and attract women and manage right. relationships. But the thing so, is, yes. once you understand how to meet and attract women, uh, you can do that in any of the other, you know, in business as well. So course, it all yeah. it all cross across is over. So, you know, I think it's yeah. fascinating stuff. There's always, you know, I'm as a single guy still, I, uh, I'm always learning ways to just connect with women in not like a sexual way or try to like, you know, swoon them over or whatever it may be, but just to like have a, have a relationship and have a connection and build that foundation with women. Because I think women are fascinating. They inspire me. They bring a lot out of me. Their energy is infectious, I think. So to ways to like connect with women and obviously to apply these skills to connect with men, to connect with everyone. But um, I think it's important for everyone to know, again, it's if you want to really be a leader in your life, in your community, in your business, you need to be able to understand these type of social dynamic skills and understand people and what makes people tick. So whether you're using it to apply to attract a woman or for business, these skills all cross crossover and I think they're valuable to learn and check out. So yeah, make sure to check out the art of and where can we find you personally online? Are you on? Yeah, people can email me. I answer everything. It's I'm Jordan H at the art of Also I'm on Facebook. Of course, uh, I encourage people to hit me up there just cause it's something that I can see and check, but I'm also the art of charm on Twitter. If people are, people are still using the Twitters. Love it, man. Are you on Instagram too or no? I'm not, you know, it's just, it, it was, it, I had to draw the line at Instagram <laughs> and I, I think it's, I think it's cool, but I just don't take enough pictures. And I also, I'm like, I'm not going to put a filter on this. And my girlfriend loves it. So I'm like, Hey, join Instagram where I'm in every picture anyway. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, I'll make sure to send everyone over there over at the show notes. So check that out over at lewishouse.com. And uh, final question for the day before we let you go is, yeah. what is your definition of greatness? You know, I, that's a great question. I should have seen that one coming, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I think, and this might sound a little cliche, but I think people who are just going for it and not, well, 
All right, I'll try to keep it short. Life is a battle against this process of rationalization where you look at the clock in the morning and you go, I can sleep for another half hour because, and you make up some reason in your head that makes sense at the time. Or I don't need to study for this test. I can keep hanging out with my friends because, and you make up some reason. Or I don't need to pitch this right now or I shouldn't talk to her or I shouldn't create this business idea because it won't work. You're constantly rationalizing yourself back in, which is logically persuading yourself, back into your comfort zone. And I feel like my whole life is a constant battle against that process inside my own brain. Mm. And I think that people who achieve greatness, not that I'm there yet, don't get me wrong, but I think that people who achieve greatness are people who are absolutely ninja warriors against their own logical fallacies and logical processes that would normally keep them safe and comfy and cozy and mediocre. Mm. I love it, man. Good definition. Thanks again, Jordan, for coming on. And make sure to check out theartofcharm.com and the show notes over at lewishouse.com. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much, man. And there you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you did, go ahead and share it with your friends over on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or Google+. Just go ahead back to the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 73 to see all the different notes that we talked about, the exercises, the examples from Jordan, and all the other links back to his podcast as well over on The Art of Charm on iTunes. I really appreciate you guys and all your support. Keep sending and updating those Instagram photos, tagging me where you're listening to the show all over the world. It's a lot of fun to connect with you over there. And uh, make sure to check out the show notes, lewishouse.com slash 73. Got some big things coming up ahead in the near future, some huge guests that I think you're going to love. And I'm so grateful that you guys come on here each and every week to hear who I bring on to teach these lessons on greatness. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today and make sure to go out there and do something great. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. 
Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipped.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.